Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, the pirate, the windbreaker, the best way to slice a Big 12 pie and a disruptor disrupting. Next on Locked On Texas Tech. Great to be with you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making us your first listen every day on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. With the only Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan, and great to be back in a special edition of Locked On Texas Tech. Chris, as we are once again turning to the YouTube comments, appreciate all of those who are participating Every day in the conversation there on the Locked On Texas Tech YouTube page. Would love to invite you to do so. This is your call to the comments. Come up now, friends. And we'd love to have you join the conversation <laughs> in the comment section. couple of questions I want to get to here today, Chris, as we wrap up the week. And some of these things we've somewhat touched on uh, before. Give some new spins on. And otherwise, maybe an entirely new conversation you might not even be familiar with prep leagues, anyone. We'll get to that coming up in just a bit. But I thought this was an interesting conversation, reaching back, an interesting question, pardon me, reaching back to a conversation we had, I don't know, a week or so ago, talking college football scheduling. You've seen all that's been going down in the SEC. Are they going to do eight? Are they going to do nine? You know, out-of-conference requirements, things like that. Scheduling has been an adventure, to say the least, over the years. For a college football fan, just in our lifetimes, we've seen uh, different approaches, obviously, to scheduling. But this question leads back to that. So let's get to it, Chris. This is from Server Hutchison, which sounds like a real name. Says Chris and Casey, everyday listener here. Thank you, Server. And that's no coincidence. You get to go first on this here episode. If there is no actual requirement, for non-conference strength of schedule from the Big 12, he says, should Tech fully embrace loading up that portion of the schedule with easily winnable games, a la Mike Leach and Bill Snyder, once upon a time. That did happen once upon a time, Chris, but is that kind of thing even possible now? What do you think about this? Yeah, Cowan, I, I think uh, I think this is a tricky question to answer just because I don't know if – if we know, I, I think we've entered into a new conversation right now because of the expanded playoff, which is why that they're they're asking this question. That we've also have a situation where there's not, um, you, you know, equal. There's not there's not a, any protocol in place on like if you're a power five league, you have to play this many conference games. Right. You know, we don't we don't know. We don't know what we don't know. Uh, I guess this is the best way to ask it because we, you, you know, until we get into this, can a nine and three team make an expanded playoff if they're in the Big Twelve? Uh, maybe they can in the SEC, but they, you know, I mean, and so I think that that everybody. And, and what I think is fascinating too is that that as this person asked this question, I heard an interview with Kirby Hokut in the last day or so, and. You know, he was on the college baseball uh, selection committee for the tournament this year, and he was point blank kind of asked, and 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 he had his feet held to the fire. Hey, man, you know, Kansas State's head coach is very frustrated that he wasn't 
he wasn't allowed in the tournament this year. You know, what, what, what you, you were in the room. Why not? <laughs> right. And, and Kirby basically said, look, we, we think Kansas state's a good team. We just don't think their non-conference schedule was very good at all. You know, they played uh, in an MTE where they played like LSU and a few other really good teams. They lost all those games, but the rest of their non-conference series were just not, not a whole lot there. And he, and he said, Tim Tadlock went to Stanford in the middle of the week, and we we tried to test ourselves, and 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 played in another multi-team event, and we tried to really kind of amp you know ramp up our our uh, our non-conference schedule. I still think there's going to be a component here to where you're going to need to have somebody that you beat with a pulse. Like let's look at Oklahoma for example this year. I think Calvin, if you could. It, I think they play Oklahoma this year in the non-conference. I think I'm right here. I think that they they at one point had a game with Georgia, I think, on the schedule. That was since nixed because they're going into the SEC. And like, we're not going to do that. So they they have like SMU. They I can have give it to you. Tulsa. Arkansas State, SMU, Tulsa. Okay. If Texas Tech had that schedule – Everybody would be poking fun and, and all that. And I hope that people do that with Oklahoma this year. People should yell and scream and shout at how soft <laughs> that schedule is. And then you add that to the fact they play all four of the new, I think, member institutions that are that are joining the Big 12. They do not play Texas Tech. They don't play Kansas State. I don't think they play Baylor. Uh, I'm trying to remember who the other one is. You're, you're correct so far. The only uh... – the only thing to correct is that they don't face Houston. They get everybody okay. else as okay. far as newcomers. Okay. Um, but yeah, I Cincinnati, Iowa State, Texas uh, at a carnival, UCF, Kansas, <laughs> OSU, West Virginia, BYU, TCU. That is the Sooner schedule. Okay. So their their schedule on paper, and this is why it, it, it's their win total is at nine and a half. This is why people feel like okay, they could have. But I mean, I hope people will remind everybody when you see it go there, you know, th there's always the joke, man, they haven't beat anybody. And you always say that to everybody, you know, you, you haven't beat anybody, <laughs> you haven't played anybody, you know, all that, um, th that may indeed be largely the case with Oklahoma because there's just nobody of any substance at all with, and, and you'll, you'll hear them really try to talk SMU up and, and things like that. So anyways, my, my point is, is that I think that we're not sure yet, like you're starting to see like the Big Ten yesterday announced that, hey, we're, you know, our conference schedule next year is is going to be different and we're not going to have divisions anymore. And so you're starting to see these conferences kind of figure out this on the fly and and how do we put schedules together? Because everybody's trying to put their teams in the best situation to, uh, you, you know, to, to be, you know, as an at-large in the expanded playoff. Uh, but I just I hope that we don't reward soft football or soft, you know, whatever, because if you just beat a bunch of cupcakes, man, and you shouldn't give, you know, be given a ton of credit for a 10 and two, you know, season. If somebody else tested themselves, they should be re rewarded for for the, for doing that if they survive some of those tests. I, uh, I I get why the question was asked. I think it's interesting to consider in 2023, but I'm agreeing with you wholeheartedly. I don't think you can go back to what. Once upon a time, you could kind of get away with. And I would say if you're bringing up the names, Mike Leach or Bill Snyder, you're also invoking names that were just 
giving a program some momentum as well. It wasn't so much yep. like, hey, let's see how we can get into the BCS. It was like, let's go to bowl games. Let's get back to that. And then let's do the next thing. And then let's do the next thing. So I think there's some added context to kind of add to the way that those things were set up then and could still be for some programs now, but probably not ones that are really trying to make a push towards the playoff. And as a college football fan, I think college football's regular season, contrary to their BS marketing spin, uh, actually is one of the worst in all of sports because while it gives you some of the best singular highs of any regular season, it also gives you some of the biggest freaking duds of any regular season on this Saturday or that Saturday when you got whoever from wherever lining up across from somebody that's you know spending $200 million on their football team. So I hate college football's regular season as it has been constructed for the most part because of those duds. And I have hoped for a long time, Chris, just as a fan for an entertainment value, you know, uh, kind of point of view, that an extended playoff or an expanded playoff would lead to more incentive to play better games, tougher matchups outside of your conference schedule. Because I do want, say, a nine and three or to be able to get in. I, I don't want it to be so terrifying, you know, the thought of losing a game. And there's so many things that are frustrating, like when did you lose it? When did you win it? Yeah. Uh, it's just so frustrating. But I don't think you can quite go back to what is being asked here. And again, as a fan, I'm glad about that because I, I want more interesting games. And I really don't know what fan out there is not necessarily going to feel that way. Even and though TV, uh, TV wants these games. That's a great point. Also, yeah, I, I mean, and, and they they've paid for handsomely for, for some of this. And I think it's also worth noting that. There's so many schools that are under contract in the non-conference for years to come. So really yep. altering and switching that could be a bit tricky and, and cost prohibitive uh, if, if you really want to kind of pivot and, and have to get out of a lot of these games and, and home and away scenarios and all those kinds of things. So uh, I, I, I just mentioned all that uh, to, to add to the, the conversation just because you can't ignore that part True. either. I mean, you can go look at text non-conference schedule for the next, I don't know, seven to nine years. And there's going to be games on there. Uh, some of them are very meaningful. Uh, you still got a return trip to Oregon. You've got, you know, home and homes coming up with several power five uh, institutions. And and I think, uh, I, I just don't know if, and, and other schools do too. So sure. anyway, it's a good question, but I think we're going to kind of try to figure it out on the fly here. The best thing is if you have a rule for Power Five leagues and say, here's how many conference games you got to play, people. This is the standard. If you want to be a Power Five league, this is what you're doing. And you can't leave it up to each league to kind of, you, you know, decipher what's best for them because, you know, uh, again, I think that the okay. SEC is going to get into scheduling more wins in the non conference and one less. You know, one less conference game, but then again, that's just a one-year agreement. They're going to see how it goes, and and then and then adjust accordingly. But uh, yeah, I just am uncomfortable with that that stance, at least initially. You got some interesting stuff coming up uh, in the non-conference. Obviously, Oregon in 2023, and again uh, in 2024, you've got Oregon State also coming up. Uh, NC State, Mississippi State, Arkansas, a little bit further on down the road. Uh, you got an Arizona date in 2034, which by then will be 10 years into a conference matchup between the Wildcats <laughs> and the Red Raiders. So, uh, yeah, there's some things to look forward to. All right. Appreciate the question on to number 
two next on Locked On Texas Tech. But first, today's episode brought to you by Bird Dogs, the most versatile, best looking, best feeling shorts in the universe. You're used to those stiff fabrics other short makers are throwing at you, but that's not what you're getting with Bird Dogs. You're getting cloud knit fabric, which provides stretch without giving up fit. And yes, it feels as good as it sounds. Ah, cloud knit fabric made from real organic cage-free clouds. Try them out today at birddogs.com slash locked on college. Anti-stink sweat wicking fabric, keeping you cool, dry all day long. Made for all occasions because they're the most versatile shorts known to man. So check them out right now at birddogs.com slash locked on college. And while you're there, enter in the promo code locked on college for a free custom tumbler with every order. You're not going to want to take your bird dogs off. I promise you that you want that sculpted lower body look, but you don't have room for a squat rack. Forget the weights. Get with bird dogs. They're going to stretch and design to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg to give you that sculpt you're looking for at birddogs.com slash locked on college. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college. Back on the Locked On Podcast Network with Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. It's about chew today because we're fielding questions from the YouTube comments. Spending some time just a moment ago talking strength of schedule. And now I want to spend some time, Chris, talking strength of payout. Another intriguing proposition from a Locked On Texas Tech viewer. This from Kelsey Blacks who says, should the Big 12 offer Oregon, Washington, or others of their caliber unequal revenue shares to join the league? I I thought this was interesting because it's specifically, you know, kind of the category, I guess, of program that maybe you feel like is beyond your reach. But if unequal revenue got you closer to that kind of conversation, would you be interested as a fan of a Big 12 institution? What do you think, Chris? I, uh, I I would say uh, no, uh, because I think that's part of why you are in this pickle in, in a way or, you know, were in this pickle to begin with. Uh, back in the day, whenever things started going a bit sideways and the Longhorn Network was created and, and then there was just various things, that there was some, some unequal components here. I just don't think that because one, I, I think that the Big 12 is not the two institutions mentioned, that's not their preference. Their preference is the big 10. I, I think that that, that is very, you know, e- easy to decipher. I think, um, you know, and I, ju- I just, I just don't know if, if the, this group of, of schools are going to be okay with offering up unequal revenue on the hope that you'll stay long-term, you know, maybe there's a conversation to be had. Hey, if we do this and, and you're signing up to an unbreakable contract uh, for the next 15, 20 years or something. But again, short of that, I just, I don't see the win here. I think, I think you're better off keeping yourself whole and then, and then picking off a couple of the other pieces in this league uh, is a better option to me. Chris, I, I do. 
Can I ask you just about that context? Because you mentioned the Big Ten factor with those two and definitely is weighing heavily with Oregon, Washington. What if I gave you Florida State, Clemson or Florida State, ACC combination? (laughs) Does it change at all? I I, I think as long as you can protect yourself, I I think because I don't know if if the long term, like you could essentially just be borrowing them. You know, I, I, <laughs> right. I, I, I think it's a program. Yeah. And, and I don't I don't think it needs to cost you money to borrow them, because if you can't <laughs> if you can't capitalize financially with your brand and if this is just like, a, hey, man, we're just going to kind of spend the night here for a little while and and then we'll be we'll, we're just passing through. I just don't know if that's good, you know, because I, I, I do feel like like if, say, Arizona and Colorado, like were, were to make the decision to join you, I feel like that 20 years from now, again, we don't know for sure. I feel like 20 years from now, it would still be the same. You know, I think it would it would have made your your group stronger and better and all that. I, I just don't know that the, those institutions would look at you as the long term solution. It, it's more of a, a temporary, which is why I'm not even sure how much traction those conversations would have anyway from their standpoint or your standpoint. I know that the Big 12 is, has talked to the, you know, Oregon and Washington and you know, for probably the last year. Um, it's also pretty uh, clear that the Big Ten isn't keen on them yet uh, right. because the money's not there. And so I just, again, this all has to do with finances. This all has to do with long-term. If there was a way where, you know, financially it made sense. And again, how much more are you worth? You know, how much more, it, it shouldn't necessarily cost you money, but I'm just, I'm uncomfortable with, you know, allowing somebody to come in here that's new and and they're playing by a different set of rules uh, that the, the the current group isn't benefiting from. I, I'm uncomfortable with that, and I think the the decision makers would be as well. Uh, so that's what I would that's what I would say. And again, people may feel differently. I just think you have to think about the here and now, but you also have to think about off into the future as well, Callan. These are wise. Wise words from a man who has lived through various rounds of realignment in the Big 12 Conference. Hey man, no, I is chased the only down, answer. I chased down Larry Scott, former Pac 12 commissioner, down I 27 one time. No lie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not even. It was like Will Smith and Men in Black way, jumping from car to car. It was amazing. Yep, way back, way back when in this infancy, man. And we were like, this is like the world was stopping. We couldn't believe it. And we. We got tipped off. Hey, man, he's landed out here at the private airport, and they drove. They whisked him away in a suburban, and they drove right into the tunnel at Jones AT and T Stadium. Uh, which, and then they, and as soon as they entered, that garage door just closed down, and we sat out there and waited. And they came speeding out, uh, went right straight back <laughs> to the airport after about a three or four hour meeting. That's when the Pac sixteen was was uh, being yep. and all that stuff. So anyway, wild stuff. And at the time, you didn't know it, but you could have been sitting there saying, there goes the man that will play a large part in destroying the Pac-12 conference. (laughs) That's right. That's (laughs) right. Who knew at that time, former international women's tennis director would not be a good fit uh, for the Pac-12. We know what road unequal revenue sharing uh, goes down, where it leads to, and I, I don't want any part of that. I think if you've got the chance to avoid that at all, uh, you do it. And I doubt that that memory has faded from a, a lot of others. 
whose minds are involved in these types of decisions in the Big 12 conference. So, yeah, and I'm not opposed to Oregon and Washington. Like, if you, no. if you could add them as a full fledged member and get them to agree, sure. I'm not opposed to that at all. I mean, I think it'd be great. Um, and and you're you're about to play a home and home with Oregon, and all that. I'm just not. I'm not willing to to like you know. Home plate is 17 inches. It's not. It's non-negotiable, right? It's not 15 inches. It's not 19 inches. It's 17 inches. And like th- these are the rules that we want to play by. So if you want to come play, wait, yeah, wait. <laughs> Interesting time to make that point. <laughs> Didn't Major League Baseball just enlarge their bases? Or not dream? Not, I think not, home, not home plate. Not home plate. Did, okay, they, the others. They did the other bases, yes. But yes, I guess everything is negotiable. Nothing to is be, sacred anymore. Yeah, trying to be safer or, or easier to steal bases or something like that. Home but plate that. is the last uh, last <laughs> yeah. bastion of something being sacred. And a 10-foot ten, ten basketball goal. And, you know, all, all we'll see things. if a year from now you can still uh, use that to make that kind of point. So yeah. uh, hang around, folks, and find out. Okay, we're in agreement on that answer, but we appreciate the question anyway, and we're in agreement on that as well. Coming back on the other side, hitting me with something brand new from the YouTube comments. The term Prep Super League has been used. I don't know what it is, but it sounds exciting. Maybe we'll find out next together on Locked on Texas Tech. Great to be a part of your day on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us, as always, with Chris. I'm Casey, back for one more to wrap up the episode and wrap up the week with a thought from you in the YouTube comments. Here we go, Chris. This was a new one on me. This is from Taylor Lynn, 4232, which is the better model than the Taylor Lynn 4231. She or he says, I would love Chris's thoughts on the prep Super League announced as an alternative to high school football. Goes on to say, clearly high school coaches, which Joey McGuire has retweeted, are against it. Uh, Chris, this is out of left field. New experience for me to even be considering prep Super Leagues. Uh, What do you know about it and what's your thought on it? Yeah, you know, and and I think it, it... To, to localize it uh, a bit, I think that, you know, Dallas was one of – Dallas and Houston both were, were kind of mentioned as as cities that would field teams, uh, you know, featuring something like this. I think this is a spring or, or early summer of 24 launch date is what, what was reported and what is being discussed. Uh, it is a, an alternative – and I'm not sure if this is for, you know, players. I don't. I don't know how eligibility will work here necessarily. I don't know how, you know, really who the target market is here. Is if you are, say, you're a high school junior, and you're trying to get on the radar, is this a league that you could play in and still keep your your high school senior eligibility left by? Uh, so, so there's lots of questions. Does this mean you're giving up your, your high school eligibility? And, and if so, yeah, I'd, I'd be against it too. If I was, if I was Joey and all those guys, I just don't, because how will they be coached? Uh, and, and really what cut, what this comes down to on, on a league like this 
it will not gain any traction at all if there's not the financing in place. They're talking about hiring coaches and having a a four to six week kind of length of a season in league. Right. Um, and, and if these are outgoing seniors, it doesn't make any sense uh, because most of those kids are already signed and recruited and, and are, are on campus elsewhere. If these are, you know, guys that are trying to be recruited, that, that there, there are a, a variety of different camps and combines and all that available to them to try to go and, and, you know, be seen and be recruited. So I'm not sure, you know, cause the NBA equivalent of this, it, it was the one like kind of G league team for like guys. Okay. We have a rule. You can't be a one, you can't be a, a high school entry into the NBA. So there's kind of this gray area where you can kind of go to this, this G league team and get paid, you know, whatever you come up with, but this is like eight to 10 guys, maybe, you know, may, maybe a right. few more than that. You're talking like how many how many stud prep kids fall into this category to where you can have forty or fifty uh, that, that are that are legit, you know? Uh, and I, I just man, I don't I don't know. I, I think uh, I don't see this being successful. I see this as somebody trying to think of a way to help kids. I just don't know if the financing will be there. I, I don't know if I would really pay much attention to it. I don't know if uh, so. Anyway, I, I have lots of questions about how it will work. It, it, it's overall purpose. It's the former USFL, I think, president that is talking yeah. about launching it. Uh, that that's where it's kind of come from. I, so. I didn't know when you said help if you were going to say themselves or kids. You went with kids, but well, uh, exactly. Yeah, I'm sure that's what the a, marketing material yeah. says. <laughs> and, and and if kids if kids become involved like financially, if you're paying them. I get. I guess there is nil, if you will. Yeah. Let me let me give you this part because this is really, I think, the crux of the issue, and this is why, in my opinion, there's something about it that that stinks. Um, I don't know if it's really here to help anybody or just like upset apple carts. I, maybe you can do all those things at the same time, but I, I almost feel like the intention here sounds more like a disruptor than anything else um, because it's all boiling down to nil as far as amateur status is concerned. I, I don't think if you're not in NIL agreements uh, in states that prohibit such things for prep-level athletes that you're doing anything differently by participating in this than you might be, you know, like seven-on-seven seven foot, whatever you do otherwise as a player throughout the year. But they want to get guys in NIL deals. In part, this is from an On3 report a couple of days ago, uh, says that the league is going to have less restrictive NIL policies, allowing athletes to profit from uh, their name, image, and likeness, of course. So they go on to say that as we sit here today, Chris, 29 states plus Washington, D.C., allow high school athletes to profit off NIL rights without losing amateur status. Multiple states do not, including Florida, Georgia, and the great state of Texas, Take your hats off, raise your glasses to the great state of Texas. They prohibit athletes from striking NIL deals if they want to still play high school sports. So essentially, Chris, if an athlete wants to strike a relationship with a brand during their time with that league and they're in one of those states that prohibit it, then their amateur status is going to be put into jeopardy or outright done away with, I guess. And 
we can have a whole nother show on what's right or wrong about prohibiting or allowing, you know, high school athletes to strike agreements like this. We can have a whole other conversation, but the lay of the land here uh, would lead to jeopardizing your amateur status. If you went that route in one of those States, I don't know, man, it just, something doesn't smell right to me about it. It just seems like, and I, I'm with disruption. If it's going to lead to some improved benefit, I'm not necessarily against that. I think you got to have it. It's important in a lot of ways, but I don't know. Sometimes it seems like for the sake of maybe just getting this UFL former president's name back in the news, these <laughs> might be have, I, I don't know, man, something doesn't, doesn't quite sit right with me about it, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, we'll just see what happens here. I don't. I don't really feel like this is some sort of, you know, threat uh, to anything. I think that the yeah, the report kind of gets people kind of going, you know, sh- shaken up a bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But can it be executed? What does it really look like? Can it last? lots of questions um and like you said man that much talent they're talking about four and five star prospects to cover 12 teams across the country yeah i mean yeah and who's sponsoring and financing (laughs) and you know i i just i don't i don't know if i see a long term if this is a viable option long term and again it's purpose and again things have changed so much in this like with nil with eligibility with early signing dates with Right. All kinds of things that it could change plenty between now and when they're yes. trying to start this thing, you know, a, a year from now, if you will. And so I just, uh, you know, because I mean, 10 years ago, there was a handful of kids that would early enroll at, you know, they were college signees that would early enroll. Now it's like half the recruiting classes you know, are, are, are enrolling early at, at schools because life is better there. Uh, you know, you're, you're trained, you're, you're the nutrition, everything. And so, you know, so many of the, of the best players, but maybe this is talking about, you know, some of the underclassmen, but even then, do I want to risk going to get hurt in some league uh, where, where I don't even know if, if that's a better option for me than, and it is just going to a camp and running a 40 and let hold my arms out, letting them no measure kidding. me. Um, because they saw my high school tape in the fall. I don't know. And and how well are you going to be coached? How well are you going to be treated? You know, what are the what are the facilities like for this particular? I mean, there's all kinds of of things that uh, that, that would lead me to kind of question it. But I guess we'll see. We won't toss it into the garbage pail because, uh, like you said, things continue to change. It seems like rapidly as far as uh, all kinds of circumstances that college sports or college football operates within so if it's got any legs uh, i'm sure we may be circling back around to it down the road but thanks for the question from the youtube comments all the way around great set i mean three times that good i i wasn't i wasn't expecting that so uh, yeah. appreciate those thoughts those questions and those comments keep them coming there on youtube thank you to all who are getting busy with us each day there on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. Been a fun week. Covered a lot of interesting things. Chris, enjoyed all of it, man. Thanks for the time. Yes, sir. We'll talk to you next week. Everybody have a good weekend. Join us on the other side for the next round. For Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. Thanks, as always, for making Locked on Texas Tech your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Once again, you've been watching or listening to Locked on Texas Tech.